I think Ireland are going to have to carry three tens. Johnny Sexton? Of course you're going to have to carry a third ten. Mm. Crowley and Ross Byrne will go with Johnny. But one injury of those three and Joey's then travelling. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. You're very welcome along. It's myself and Shane with you this morning. Shane, what's happening? Morning, how are things? What's going on? Oh, all quiet. You scored Happy a stoppage time winner. Ah, see, this, this is during the week. I don't even have to bring what it up. It? Everyone brings it up. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Cavan Monaghan Premier Cup semi final. Three all, going to extra time. Yeah. 92nd minute, get the ball 30 yards out. Think, you know what? Have a pop here. You only live once. Take what you Bent into the top ends. Take a booze, someone's playing in your head. Do you know? So it was uh, 4 3 against Cavan. Top ends? Yeah, top ends. Wow. Top right hand Actual top ends? Uh, fully top ends. Wow. Oh. Adrian, it was a Did strike you, and a half. Was that your first goal of the evening? It was first goal of the evening. How come yeah. he didn't score in the previous 90 minutes? Well, I'd, I'd scored in the eight previous games. Yeah. I'm on a bit of a streak here, yeah. including a hat-trick in there and a couple of braces. <laughs> so let's, let's just say the so goal scoring... qualifies you. Was that... A, what did you say? What, was, what stage of the game that, was it? That was the 92nd minute. What, what stage oh, of the tournament? Semi-final. Okay. Yeah, so, so you're through to the final now against... the final now against Las La Villa. A couple right. of weeks' time, so right, very good. I'm glad you brought that back up. <laughs> back so, up, I mean, okay, okay. We spoke okay. about it yesterday, but I'm, I'm glad to talk Chatting about it. Too much about it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not at all. Fantastic. That's fair enough. And you've a big interview coming up later on today that we might. Yeah, yeah. This is the highlight of your life, basically. We can tease yeah. it. We can tease it. So Ronnie O'Sullivan, Ronnie O'Sullivan, yeah. coming into studio uh, later on today. Incredible. We're gonna we're gonna air it probably on Monday's show, I'd imagine, or across the weekend. You'll see some clips from it. So looking forward to that. Okay, here's what's coming up on the show between now and 10 this morning. Ronald Agar is standing by. We're going to get uh, to him in just a moment. After that, we'll continue with the rugby. Alan Quinlan will be in studio. Obviously, a couple of big games to preview this weekend, so we'll do more of that with Quinny at 10 to 8. We'll have Conleth Gilligan and Joe Kernan joining us just after 8 to preview the Ulster football final this weekend. Joy Neville and Andy Brace have just been appointed as two of Ireland's team of four to officiate at Rugby World Cup 2023. And uh, Joy particularly becomes the first ever female uh, official at a men's rugby World Cup, so that's uh, uh, and a good story coming your way a little bit later on. And Jason McIntyre is today going to be the subject of You Had to Be There. And there are some brilliant picks in it. You won't want to miss it. And that'll be on just after nine. And then John Giles from the show last night. So that is the run of things coming up between now and ten this morning. Very uh, uh, big welcome straight off the bat to Ronald Agarra. Good morning to you. Morning, how are you? Good, how are you getting on? Good, thank you. Yeah, sun is shining. So um, it's been a while coming. So good weather, hopefully. Uh, even though it's meant to be raining in Montpellier tomorrow but um, uh, things are good yeah exciting time of year obviously so the games keep coming and um, we need a point out of tomorrow's game a uh, point minimum obviously uh, to get a guaranteed home semi-final for uh, it's not home semi-final to go straight to a semi-final for, for the top 14 so um, loads loads at stake and exciting times and you've been saying for ages that's exactly where you need to be at this point of the season to get that uh, week's breather. And just the point needed is that, uh, I'm sure I know your answer to this, but in terms of your approach to the game and the general mindset, it's a very different approach from that, as you've well described previously, about that constant beat of needing to win, 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 week in, week out. Yeah, yeah, well, it just becomes uh, different, I suppose, um set of circumstances late in the game in the fact where normally... Uh, you go for a win but you need to think bigger picture in this regard we're 10 points clear of Stade Francais we played them in the last game so we have a lot in our favour uh, they need two five points to catch us um, so uh, but in terms of I suppose the immediate future um, you know, I mean if you're whatever eight points down tomorrow um, 
kicking a, a penalty is hugely important. So in, in France, the system works where it's five points or less. You get a, bo- a bonus defensive, which means a, a, a bonus point for finishing within five of your opponents. Can the can the weather forecast drastically change your tactical plans? Running? Like say, for example, it's given certain weather and then very, very late in the day, a couple of days before the match or a day before the match, you realise ah, it's actually going to piss down here. So do you have to change things? Uh, at all. Yeah, you would, you would have to. It's 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 the one sport I'm convinced that it has a huge impact on the game. The weather, you know, I think uh, for the amount of handling that's involved, it's obviously so much easier to handle a dry ball. Um, so, no matter how skilled you are, there's still an extra um, component of concentration and time required to catch pass at ease when it's lashing out of the heavens and there's a, and there's wind involved with it too. Obviously, uh, I mean, a wet ball is unpleasant compared to a dry ball and it becomes um, more advantageous for, uh, for the defensive, I suppose, points in the game. We had uh, James Tracy in studio last week, Ronan, uh, just after the Heineken Cup semi-finals and uh, obviously the conversation turned to your own uh, victory and his thoughts on the La Rochelle set-up ahead of the Leinster game. Uh, we have a short clip here, I think you've seen the longer clip, but here's the short clip for people who haven't seen it. The last few La Rochelle games, like, they really pushed the boundaries on um, the breakdown. Okay, so how are we going to stop Leinster? At source breakdown is, is seems to be kind of the narrative of how of what how they go about it. So, you know, we we are kind of dependent a lot on, on having uh, good officials because if they get away with kind of not holding their body weight and just killing the ball, there's not much you can do really. And and, and it's very frustrating when yes they give clean purchase on the ball, but a lot of times they're not on their feet and they just get rewarded for time after time. And they might get pinged once or twice, but then the momentum swings and they're getting rewarded for it and. and Given how uh, recent he was in that Leinster dressing room, it might be a good insight to the way they're thinking. What are your, uh, what's your reaction to that? Are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, well, that's interesting. Never heard that. Um, and is James Tracy um, part of the Leinster setup? No, or is he retired okay. in the last year and yeah, fully detached. In the last, okay, he retired in the in the last year. Okay, I thought he retired in through in the year, no. Possibly, was certainly within the last year, anyway. Yeah, within this season. So December, I think. Part, yeah, part of their setup. Yeah, there. If they're a family and they, they are. If a guy gets injured, obviously he remains part of your setup till the end of that season, and then he be presented with something. Yeah, so it's interesting. Give, gives me straight from the team meeting to uh, off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, uh, it's 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 possible. Well, yeah, well, exactly. I'm just wondering, is it a plant on Leinster's behalf or is this James Tracy as a new guy setting out on a, on a new career? Um, I, that's, I suppose, the first thing that strikes me because um, uh, in terms of, yeah, the breakdown, he has he is an opinion on that with stopping Leinster, but we could also, I suppose, turn it as like, um, you know, how do you stop Lenson, but how do you stop La Rochelle, you know? It depends how you frame the question, what you want out of it, how you see it, you know? So uh, it will become, uh, obviously, uh, a little bit spicy in the build-up to the game. Uh, certain camps put a huge emphasis on uh, work behind the scenes with referees. Um, but I think my 10 years has taught me to try and control the things we can control, put your energy into that, and uh, the better team will win on the day.
um, his his point about the um, so the, to summarise basically what he's talking about is Larchelle, um pushing the boundaries at the breakdown. He was talking about not holding on to um, players, not holding on to their own body weight. He said uh, pinged once or twice, but get away a lot with it. And he went into detail about the hooker, which would have been his own position, uh, breaking the fifteen into open play before the lineout was technically over. In whatever regard that it, you know, whatever circumstance that would have been, that that there's a pushing of the boundaries. I suppose would be the overall. Point. Yeah, yeah. All good teams push the boundaries. There's no doubt about that. But I think what's different between the guys he would have trained with in the past and the guys that are in my camp would be, I suppose, the physical power. So, you know, I mean, the first thing is that uh, it's not easy to to win collisions with or without the ball when you run into a Bougarit and Aldred, the Botti and Antonio Skelton. So uh, footwork from the ball carrier needs to be very important and they need to be very good at that. Otherwise, it becomes a mismatch because the more dominant uh, player wins. Mm. So that'll be something we'll be we'll be looking at and something we've been good at no matter who's wrestling. So I think what good sides, great sides do is they they put their energy into them into themselves. There's everyone has a different viewpoint on it and it's easy to go whinge to the referee and say that they're not controlling their body weight and um stuff like that. So um yeah, that's an interesting clip. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'll take that for the compliment in which uh, spirit in which it was delivered. Um, the, the point about pushing the boundaries is used as a sort of a euphemism, right, for like bending the rules slightly. And actually, when I saw the James Tracy clip last week or the interview last week, the thing that jumped out for me was like that we'd been lauding the All Blacks for that type of thing for years. So like one team's infringement is another team's. Um, eking out a, a benefit within the game. What is there, like that sort of stuff that he's talking about, is that, does that sound alien to you? You like, I don't know what he's talking about. Is that the sort of stuff that just crops up in the middle of games? Is that the sort of stuff that you can... Over sort here of, I removed from the chit-chat in the pubs and in the shops and on the street and mm. in, in, in Dublin or, and it's surrounding counties and provinces that... Uh, watch and support Leinster. What, what's undeniable is that Leinster are very very good uh, but a lot of teams have left them be very good so mm. the plan will be to um, play as much ball as we can and then um, as I said earlier let the better team win there they have been um, very very impressive and we're playing them obviously in the Aviva which makes it more daunting but way more exciting because um the I suppose the consequences of, of hitting top form and producing a season's best performance for us, which we will need, uh, brings its own rewards. So, you know, I just see the the privilege, the joy uh, in preparing a team to to try and win a European Cup final. For me, it excites me hugely. There'll be subplots, there'll be energy put in all or into different things, but it's going to come down to who can execute on the day. And this one is obviously a bit like you're alluding to a subplot and an interesting talking point and um, can become a subcontext or a lead into the game or whatever. Um, but equally, like the the that ability to sort of people, again, there's a lot, an awful lot of euphemisms that are room, uh, used around it, like playing the ref or whatever it might be. Is that the sort of stuff that you can... Um, practice for or be good at like and I'm not talking about because every, every every you've said it already every good team is doing that like you're not at the races if you're not looking at ways to get a benefit um, over your opponent yeah, or to work course. with the referee you're playing with 
the strengths are very um, different in both teams and the fact that, you know, you look at Furlong, Porter, Sheehan, Ryan, Doris, Conan, um, Van der Fleer. Brilliant, brilliant rugby players, but very different to Antonio Bugaret, Wardy, Skelton, Batia, Aldred, you know. So in what, what you're trying to do just different profiles of player. Um yeah. in the fact that um you know, different capacity to do things, different capacity how how they play the game. So as a coach, Leinster would be trying to set their guys up to to get moments where they're very comfortable playing their game while well, I'd be setting up my team to try and uh, get us to do what we're good at and that's uh, playing with the ball, you know. So, um, I mean, it depends on, on on how you see it and what approach you're have ta- you you're going to take to it. But, um, I mean, there's undoubted quality on uh, on both sides uh, but you're, you're hoping like we did in the Exeter game and like Leinster did in the, in the Toulouse game, that it's the, the winner was clear and evident for everyone. A lot of finals sometimes become tight, but I think what you have with these two teams is that you, the, the, two, the teams are going to fire shots and one team will break and, and uh, the other team will go on, obviously, and win it. It's the dark arts, essentially, Ronan, isn't it? What James Tracy is talking about there, for all intents and purposes, and and it's not a, it's not something that's exclusive to rugby. You get the dark arts. We spoke about it plenty of times in the show about Gaelic games and uh, soccer as well, and plenty of other other sports. But it's it's one of those aspects of rugby that it's not like one team does it more than another, or is it? Dark arts is a different subject. I think there are definitely players who are good at dark arts in terms of blocking and uh escorting back and kick chase what uh we're talking about here is is your skill set mm. there's nothing to do with dark arts for me if you're a very good chop tackler and you're very good at poaching ball which um a lot of la rochelle players are you get rewarded if you're inaccurate at poaching ball and sloppy in your technique you get punished it's very very simple there's no dark arts in the ball there's a lot of skills the same as a kicker kicking goal, goals there are a lot of good goal kickers. There are a lot of goal kickers that crumble under pressure. There are a lot of players that can lose that position um, in a post position because they don't have the strength to keep that position. While uh, the guys that are uh, able to do that and work on their technique and understand the rules and understand uh, the laws of the game, they get rewarded. So, um, And there's a few freaks playing um, because Batia... Anyone who has played against them and Leinster players have said it to me in the past, they are uh, incredibly impressed by by this guy. And anyone who referees him says exactly the same thing after the game. So uh, they're special players on both sides. And we've got to remember that it's um, a spectacle that um, needs to highlight, I suppose, the strengths of both teams. You probably get used to these uh, media narratives and, as you say, uh, interviews that uh, crop up. Um, you know, in the weeks before a big match, especially that the week ten days before a massive match like this, interviews are done on both sides, and you know whether people will admit it or not, or not, or, you know the the effort is there to, I guess, get some sort of advantage. But that's that's professional sport, isn't it? I, I, I suppose in your position, you get used to that over to, over time. Um, yeah, especially because they're in the staff now, or they're the manager of the team, or as we say in France, which is the head coach in in Irish lingo, uh, but. Um, 
it becomes nearly uh, this. Yeah, it's a game that sometimes has no influence on the game because there's 23 guys who would put on their socks and shorts and jersey and game day and are they in control of their emotions or not? Are they in a good place? And where um, have they got in their headspace to perform? You know, so all this thing is is talk before the game, but sure, 80 minutes, there'll be kickoff for either us or for them and then it'll be just, um, it'll be full on and if you're able to adapt, if you're able to think straight, if you're able to uh, execute your plan, uh, that for me is the interesting thing. The build-up is is a little bit, uh, obviously, for uh, fans and supporters. The important thing is to not say too much. <laughs> say which too much? Like, for for your position, the important thing is to not... You don't want to say anything that... I'm, I'm not certainly talking about stuff that gets put up in the dressing room wall or whatever, but like... No, I don't, I don't, I don't think... Uh, you have to take that into account too. If they want to put stuff up in the wall, it's a reflection on them. Yeah, you know? but I mean, you don't want to be saying anything that's. Um, you have to. Do, are, are suppose if I slightly reword it? Are you what? Do you watch your uh, words a little bit more in the lead into a game like that? I think you watch your words all the time. You've got to be very not watch your words, but you've got to be very conscious of what you're saying is accurate and honest. Mm. Because I've worked under coaches in the past where they haven't been honest and they're were picked apart by players because they were told this and that and there's no consistency in their behaviour. What players, I think, maybe don't like but they respect as if they're getting clear messages and consistent messaging. And um, it makes for, for stronger relationships. Stronger relationships obviously mean for a stronger group. So, um, you know, I think it's a, um, a fantastic opportunity for for my club to go to Dublin uh, to contest a European Cup final. It doesn't get any juicier, it doesn't get any better and the excitement involved in that um, is will be the dominant, I suppose, sentiment going, going towards kick-off time. How much uh, prep have you done for that already? Um, very little, to be fair. Uh, oh, sorry, well, for the for the for the Leinster game, which you're you're investing in your team all year round, you know the goal is to get better every Saturday, and my players will be fully aware of that message coming from me. Uh, so um, it may sound surprising, but we would put so much of the energy which you need to be into controlling uh, our performance because. I mean, how many knock-ons do we make in the game? How many mistakes do we make? How many kick-off receptions do we drop? That has nothing to do with Leinster. It's got to do with our skill set. So mm. we need to make sure that we're strong at our fundamentals. And uh, it's the same as any other week where the focus will be on us because the beauty of coaching here is I feel that if we get ourselves right, we can beat anyone. Are you, by the same token, like, are you on the Monday morning after the semi-finals turn around to Donna Garayan or the rest of your coaching staff and saying, right, find me the place where we can target them? Um, yeah, we'd, uh, obviously, uh, that is important. Uh, but it's, it's another 5%. But if you're looking at that to be the be-all and, and end-all, uh, Adrian, you're missing. I think when you become consistently good as a team, and no matter what sport it is, you're continuously building on your basics, on your basic, and you're adding a layer, and you're adding a layer. 
what you can't do is explode on a big occasion. That would be mean that your, I suppose, your values or your basics aren't strong enough to contest a final against a brilliant team like Leinster. So uh, I think, you know, I've um, the way, you know, I mean, uh, Leo came on, Guy used to be came into the dressing room after last year's final, really, really classy. They were hurting. That could well be me Saturday week. That's what happens in sport, but I would be so uh, annoyed or disappointed if if I was watching a European Cup final on TV. You know, this is this is where every coach in Europe wants to be. This is where you test yourself for, and it's it's an incredibly great opportunity. It probably depends on on the size of a coaching staff as well. But do you have the the, the ability, I guess, running after? You beat Exeter in the semi-final to to set aside some staff to concentrate solely on Leinster, or is it everyone is is obviously focusing on Montpellier and these other games first? No, because Leinster are very smart. You know, it's not as if you look at a, a t- footage of them for an hour and you go, "Oh yeah, I have them here." You know, the the detail is of where you can find opportunity against a team like that is very very small. Mm. Every team has weaknesses. They'll pick out areas. They'll go after us. We think we can find a few uh, chinks with them but like you're dreaming to kind of go well I have five players here we're going to score five tries from you know it doesn't work like that it's it's about trying to put them under pressure uh, by uh, I suppose keeping hold of the ball and trying to be um, picking good decisions in the heat of battle um, there's obviously the opportunity to see uh, Leinster in the heat of battle maybe their team is, doesn't bear a huge resemblance to the team they're going to play in the um, Champions Cup final so maybe there won't be a huge amount in it but we've been joined obviously um, by your good friend in studio here as well in the meantime uh, Alan Quinlan's here um, and we're going to talk to him a little bit more detail about the Munster-Leinster game what's your expectation about or any thoughts to it at all about the um, Munster-Leinster game at the Aviva tomorrow my opinion is it yeah um I like some monster. Well, I've got um, four, I suppose, high-profile injuries at the weekend, which um, weakens their hand because there's no matter who you're talking about. When quality comes out, there are certain players that are very, very difficult to replace. Uh, I haven't seen teams on either side, and uh, it has a big impact on what. Um, I suppose result or performance you would expect, depending on who is who's playing. Um, aside from the injuries Munster will be pretty loaded um, but what Leinster have opposed to any other team is that they have um, you mean 30 players 40 players who can go in and um, keep that performance level at a really really high um, level so they're in the Aviva they will be um, hot favourites to, to beat Munster again Um but you need to see team sheets to give you an accurate call on it. Yeah, we won't know that for a little bit. Uh, interesting, as always. He didn't bite anyway. <laughs> Fair play to your kids, you didn't bite. <laughs> uh, no, it's, 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 it's a tough one. Um, I think being respectful to James Tracy, like he, this is stuff that his opinion as he's seen. And, you know, if I was talking about Munster... I'd be probably trying to highlight and I've probably done it in commentary myself when they play the opposition classic example of that was last year went to New Zealand first test Ireland played the All Blacks um, 
Ireland play the All Blacks and uh, they have problems around the breakdown they highlighted next week I was kind of vocal in some of the stuff even on off the ball or in, in interviews afterwards and uh, it changes the following week so this stuff can make a little bit of a difference I think Jakob Piper is a very good referee and I, I think both and obviously Roger you don't, you don't need to comment on this but both coaches will have things that they see um, and that's just the way the modern game goes and us as pundits or ex-players we kind of will say some things um, I don't think he's I think it's probably coming from James as well that being in that dressing room and this stuff has been highlighted and, and it shows the level of detail that mm. a team like Leinster go to um, and it gets ingrained in you as well and you, you even if I talk to a coach for an, from any team you know they might say something to me and I and it goes into my head and, and it's something God I didn't really notice that um, James obviously that's his opinion as well and but both sides and this is you know the kind of mind games of, of such a big game will look to chat to the referees and it does happen a lot and you've got to be squeaky clean and, and I think Roger will know this Leo will know this discipline is going to be really important you know and getting that stuff right even for example last week you know Leinster Glasgow, or Munster Glasgow over in Glasgow Andrea Piardi the referee um the entry entry points there for for um, for both teams. He penalised both sides. Yeah. So this kind of coming in from the side, and and he was really sticky on that. So you need to communicate with the referee. And there I say it's probably the dark arts. Um, I couldn't criticise anyone for stealing a yard or two here in in, in matches because uh, <laughs> I probably half the time I didn't know I was offside, and Fair, uh, uh, referees were kind of coaching me and saying like, "Come on." Um, You're making fair, this one a bit obvious. It's a fair observation. James has been very good, by the way. He's been really absolutely good, uh, no, no, and uh, it's not uh, even a uh, criticism to the game. I know that, but I, I felt actually just important. The general, uh, I, I don't know where the the uh, it's been alluded to, obviously, about where the uh, tone of the comments has come from. But he's been very good, Ronan. You've been way over time, so um, good luck. We'll talk to Have you again. Nice Thanks, Cheers. Cheers. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.